0: joneswalker.com. And by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at alliancesafetycouncil.org. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.
1: From Manses on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style.
2: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. It's a well-known cliché that some of the most successful entrepreneurs got their start in their parents' garage. And actually, there's more than a kernel of truth to the stereotype. Lots of small businesses start from home, including plenty here in Baton Rouge. What does it take to launch a cottage industry, and how do you take it to the next level? Two local businesswomen are navigating the process. They are Joan Chastain and Shannon Countryman. Longtime friends and moms who decided in 2014, when the last of their litters had left home, to take what they'd done every day for years, make dinner for their families, and turn it into a business called Ingle Eats. The partners started small, cooking meals a couple of times a week for friends and neighbors in their Ingleside neighborhood, and it has since grown to an operation with a commercial kitchen and 60 steady clients who consume hundreds of meals every week. Joan is here with us this afternoon to tell us about it. Joan, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Melinda Gonzalez and her sister Sarah Cullens have also launched a small business from home, like Joan and Shannon, doing something they enjoy and already know how to do well. They actually do work out of their parents' garage, creating custom cards and invitations for weddings, showers, and other special events through their company, Fiore Creative. The sisters do it the old-fashioned way, using an antique letterpress printer from the 1920s that they found and had refurbished. Melinda is here to tell us their story. Melinda, your stuff is beautiful. You were kind enough to share some of your invitations a little while ago. Thanks for being here today on Out to Lunch.
1: Yeah, thank you.
2: Well, Joan, I want to start with you because, you know, a lot of people are glad once their kids, and yeah. I'm not among them, but a lot of people are glad once their kids are out of the house and they think they can relax and kick back or maybe launch a second career. You do have a background as a nutritionist. Um, why did you decide not to, to go to an office or work in a school system or something and in, and instead go back into the kitchen? It's, it's called, my friend, um, shannon
3: (laughs) countryman (laughs) who who actually nest emptied sooner than mine and um she said we need a project we need to stay busy it's it's all about to change life's about to change and um you know frankly wouldn't it be nice if we could contribute something to the family treasury um and bring a little cash to the household and um we had friends who we cooked for on an annual basis through our church auction Mm -hmm. um that we were you know tempted by to serve them weekly they said just try this out let's 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 do a once a week meal and we'll buy it from you it's 10 couples and so that's sort of how we started and we thought we'll do it for a month and see how it
2: works out and so you all have like a a regular menu of of dinners pretty much that you do or you do lunch also or special events stuff?
3: not special events it's it's all about Thursday night we, okay. um, we thought that was a night that we in particular might want to not have to cook. Um, so we thought, well, wouldn't our friends enjoy by the time Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday we've done all that cooking that Thursday we could take a break. So what we decided let's just make that our night to prepare a hot, fresh meal. Okay, um, And so that's how we began. A meal that served four to six, an entree with a couple of sides, and that was it and we boxed it up put it in a little brown paper bag and we delivered it to those 10 people but now what we've done is broadened our menu i
1: got you
3: and um we not only do um foods that are um, fresh and ready to serve to your family but we also do some kits that are lend themselves to being a little bit more health conscious and allow us to um, change the price point a bit where um, it's a little less expensive than a fully prepared meal. It requires more labor on the customer's end, right? Um, but we're still able to do some of the work for them and um, create all kinds of different healthy options, like bowls and salads. And for example, this week we're doing a, um, an Asian chicken lettuce wrap, and um, our other kit is a blackened salmon taco kit.
2: You know, so much fun! It is. Sounds it's a lot of fun. Delicious. We can be very
3: creative, and people like it because it's very fresh. Um, we can, you know, propose that they even pick up food that will last them all week long even though it's one single pickup night we'll have um, a couple of entrees that are just what we call our freezer friendlies they're a great little casserole or something that you can put in your freezer and eat at the end of the week before the next thursday comes along so or you bake can it. buy
2: multiple, multiple meals things. we
3: encourage it in fact That's... that was sort of the theme for this week's menu um, pick a bunch of stuff and store it and have it because our kits will last up to four days in your fridge and then our other entrees can be frozen or so fresh, so we've we've broadened our um, plateaus of yeah, wonderful, and, and,
2: and it's so interesting. I want to hear about your plans to, to scale up even more. But but Melinda, I want to bring you into the conversation. Your products are beautiful, and and I love the the part of the story where you all are using a 1920s antique press. Yes. Where did you find this, and and what inspired you and Sarah to to do this really the old-fashioned way?
1: Well, Sarah and I. Or are blessed. We both have the same interests. We both went to Southern Mississippi for graphic design and got our degrees. What does an antique letterpress printer do that, you know, a,
2: a contemporary machine is unable to? How does it really make the product that much more
1: beautiful? Yes, I think, so letterpress is actually one of the first forms of printing, like going back to the 15th century. Okay. So even though it's ours from the 1900s, it's way further than that. And before commercial printing and digital printing became popular, that's what it was. So I think going back to you know that that old style just really has that hand nature, that craftsmanship that digital printing doesn't give. And you also have high quality papers that just leave a beautiful impression with letterpress. It's pressed into the paper as opposed to like being flat. Mm-hmm. So that's going to make. And it so fun. you all actually produce these cards and invitations yourself. You
2: you don't design them and then send them off to China to get printed. You all do the whole thing.
1: Yes. Yeah, so being a graphic designer, I think a lot of artists struggle with. Well, oh, graphic design is the only way to make money as an artist. So it's being able to work with your hands and you know from start to finish designing on the computer to having that printed product that we actually hand do and ink the press and crank it out you know um but the way we're able to do the letterpress currently is using the old technique in modern technology and software okay. with our graphic design softwares which is then converted to a polymer plate it's a plastic polymer as opposed to in the 15th century they had wood block type or metal letters and they would place each individual letter where these days we can do a whole design and so it's kind of a combination of old right. world and new world. So interesting. Now, I mean, both of you all have
2: very um, you know, artisanal products. It's very labor-intensive. How do you keep the prices reasonable, or are they? I mean, are your invitations much more
1: expensive than I would buy
2: through? I mean,
1: yes. Honestly, I would say they are a higher-end products as opposed to just going to this website and adding them to your cart. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, there is that handmade nature. Every color that's on that invitation, we have to take off of the press, put a new the next color on. So there's a lot of labor in there, but the ending product is, you know, so timeless and beautiful that we think it's worth it. <laughs> Joan, what about your meals? You know, we started doing this just the two of us
3: we were all the labor in fact we, we would pray that somebody would just knock on the door and say can I chop an onion for you today <laughs> and, you know we, we were exhausted by the whole process but um, you know that's how we we knew we could make it work we, we you know we just started out just the two of us and I guess that's like you and your sister right is it? right and then gradually you know as a f- couple years in we decided to bring in a couple of family members you know what's been wonderful about this is that we have children who were in school at LSU and some high schoolers along the way who were able to step in and and observe our work ethic which has been such a nice thing to see that mama can uh, pitch in and work hard and and then we have a way to uh, help them earn money too so we would help our children and they would help us and then we also have a few good LSU students who have been um, our godsends to be on our, by our sides in the kitchen. We've had to diversify what we do to cover all our expenses because sure. when you're just two of you and you're in your home, there's limited expense and then as you realize, I'm gonna make this a go, mm-hmm. I need to rent up space, I need to um, have liability insurance, we have to um, we have drivers who deliver wow. meals every week. So you really have ramped up So now. we have, yeah. Like how always, many employees do you um, have? We have four drivers in the afternoon who come today. They'll come about 2 o'clock, and we deliver between 3 and 6 to um, Bocage, 70808, and 70806. Okay. Um, so they pile their cars up. <laughs> we have them insured, and they, they have their, their regular customers. They know their routes. And they knock on the door and hand them their dinner. And they have great relationships with these folks and it's been a fun thing for them to, you know, to take their wares and, 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 and go out and and bring it bring happiness to people, which is nice.
2: How do you all divide up the duties with your partners? I mean y'all are really in partner intensive businesses. I mean it's just the two of you that are making all the decisions. How do you all divide the duties?
1: Um. Me and my sister, we we're, I think task management, this being a, a second job for us, is very important. <laughs> so we have to stay on top of our calendar and scheduling, making sure we're not over-scheduling and who's doing what. Um, so we use different softwares to help time management. And then, <laughs> and also, um, like them, we also have some family pitching in. You know, my mom helps with the books and my dad's helping oil in the press <laughs> and all the mechanical safety and things like that. So it is a big group effort and, you know, watching your time.
2: You and Sarah both have full time jobs. Yes. So this is really a side
1: gig for y'all. Mm-hmm. It is.
2: So it's a juggling act.
1: It is a juggling act. Um, we, you know, we appreciate our full time jobs and love it for what that is. It's a different kind of creative relief, you know, and then Fiore is kind of our passion and what we've really wanted to do and we've just slowly taken it step by step you know as we need to grow and you know hopefully the next step one day would be getting our space and you know we're growing so we're eventually going to outgrow that garage. Yeah.
2: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Melinda Gonzalez of Fiore Creative and Joan Chastain of Ingle Eats. We'll be right back after this very short break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Melinda Gonzalez of Fiore Creative and Joan Chastain of Ingle Eats. Joan, are you all turning a profit yet in your respective businesses? I mean, is it worth it <laughs> besides just being, a, you know? Interesting that that's
3: timely that you asked that because we, we've been working with a bookkeeper who's really helping us you know when you're creative you don't really want to think about the business side of things but
1: you you are here to try to turn a profit. What about you Melinda are you? We are on um, more of the beginning front and it's amazing to see how far it's grown and actually see a profit come in. Um, I would be lying if I wouldn't sit there some days and be like is this worth it because we are tired and exhausted and using our weekends and nights many times but um, just have to make sure we pace it right and like she said like social media is amazing and we're blessed enough that our product markets itself you know one client sends out 300 invitations well people are like how what is this so that's been a blessing especially being a side business that we don't have to like constantly make sure our marketing and social media is being posted which i wish it was but right now it's hard you know just to keep up mm-hmm.
2: It's a good thing in Baton Rouge, everybody wants what everybody else has. It's a very much me (laughs) too kind of town. So if you've got the prettiest invitations, you're right. I mean, they they all sell themselves. Well, let's take a break from business for just a minute and switch gears. I'll ask y'all a fun question that'll maybe tell us a little bit more about your personality. So Joan, if you could have lunch or dinner with one person from the food world, who would it be and why? Oh, wow. Um, I guess Julia Child.
1: (laughs) Yes.
3: We grew up around LPB, you know, watching her create, and uh, and Graham Kerr was a was a a great, uh, you know, influence on our lives as a family growing up. So those early TV food stars, you know, and then. We celebrate her birthday. One of our biggest events <laughs> oh, for um, for Engel Eats was a birthday party we threw. Was she a hundred years old? I think um, recently, anniversary. Yeah. Yes. Not and So we ago. featured a whole um, menu of, of Julia Child's, you know, beef bourguignon and,
0: um, that's awesome. Awesome. and preps. Yeah, with, I love that. Know,
3: an apple filling. It was just, and we wore pearls and our customers <laughs> came in and laughed, and you know, it was a treat. And um, so I would say she would be an easy pick
2: and you obviously always had a passion for food and and good cooking I mean
3: you know I grew up in a a, I grew up in Homa, a small town where um there are many more restaurants there now but back in the 60s and 70s um there weren't a lot um my mother is a home economist and my father is um He's passed away, but he was a pediatrician with a keen interest in nutrition, mm-hmm. which really sparked my interest for dietetics. But um, they loved to cook and they loved to entertain, and and we had this plethora of seafood that was just you know always around. Um, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: no, you you answered the question, and it was it was growing a, but up it was about growing up with your food. And, and, yeah, and so and mom,
3: we had a hot cooked meal at noon every day. Dad would come home from his medical practice and and. And the have traditional a traditional European kind of yes. way. Yes, and um, and then we would entertain on weekends because we sure. didn't have restaurants. And my mom was one of is one of the best cooks I know. That's so great. dad was very spoiled by that, and and they love to have friends over.
2: So um, it's in your DNA. It's
3: in my DNA, and then you know Shannon, my partner from New Orleans, grew up eating some of the best food that we mm-hmm. can imagine. You know, in the greatest restaurants. Not necessarily from parents who like to cook, but parents who love to eat out, right? And sit around a dinner table and 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 have great conversation over wonderful Cajun Creole food. So,
2: Melinda, here's here's a fun question for you: If you could do the invitations for any famous person, local or worldwide or whatever, who would it be, and what would you want to design for them? Um,
1: I don't really know who a specific person that I would actually design for, but you know, any like. A list celebrity would be amazing. You know, we have all these elaborate events and weddings that you see on in magazines and TVs and social media constantly. You know, it would be amazing to just do anything for a high-profile person. Um, well, and even local weddings are pretty over the top these days. I mean, exactly. by the standards of it's, it's like larger and larger. And um, we actually have like kind of a you'd call like a celebrity invitation person. package. Well, no, like. Her name's CC New York, and she's kind of like this top-notch thing. And she'll like some of our posts every now and then. I just think it's like so flattering. But she does these elaborate, um, you know, a-list invitations. Um, I don't know what ours would personally look like. You know, we can do several things and different processes. Mm-hmm. But you know, our goal is to match the client's style and the event and what they're going for. And so, you know,
2: yeah,
1: add in some sweat. In beautiful typography and that's, I'm happy. (laughs) Where do y'all get the
2: inspiration for your meals or your designs? I mean, I know coming up with menus can get, how often do you repeat them or do you all pour over internet sites and cookbooks? All of the above, you know, um, we do have some favorites.
3: For example, this week we're doing those Asian chicken lettuce wraps and they they sell out every time you know but we love to travel and we love to eat out and and we're all about you trying a new restaurant in town or taking a road trip you know um, we toured LA one one summer a year or two ago and did a whole uh, month on eating out in Louisiana and and, um, you know different foods of different regions and so you know that's that's one of our favorite things to do but we we definitely have blogs that we like to Mm
1: -hmm.
3: look at and and get ideas from
2: um and we read a lot um watch a little bit of food network and and then is there like a day of the week where you do your test kitchen days and see if these recipes are going to work before you put them into production and put them on the menu or you
3: know the thing about it is once you get real comfortable with this and i'm sure you find this with printing too is that you can spot something, an idea, a recipe. You know your customers, and then you you just you just kind of go in there and you and you work with it. Mm-hmm. And we can we plan a menu on a, on on, for Mon- on Mondays. Our emails go out on Monday night. We change our website. We put up our new menu on Monday, and we send out a blast that says, "Check your go to ingoleats.com and see what we're offering this week," and then we start to take orders. So we we spend time at the the week before in the kitchen thinking about the next week we'll eat something that weekend and say you know what that was delicious or I went to the market the farmers market and they have the best eggplant this week let's do that do your spin on it yeah exactly so you know um, we get inspiration from lots of corners family though too is huge Um, I have a green box in my house that's houses all our family recipes and just lots
2: oh, of good ideas from growing up and but but to scale them up for you know 50 or 60 servings portions whatever that's that's challenging I mean because it can throw off the whole
3: it can but you know it's it's time and practice and and I, I, I'm sure with printing you, you 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 make a few mistakes early on and you learn the tricks of the trade and you get real, you get more confident and you you know sometimes you mess up but
1: a lot of times it, it just all works out yeah.
2: you know What what is the source of your inspiration melinda i mean do you pour over websites it is it and, is like a, and...
1: a collaboration of different resources you know staying inspired by other um stationery makers and but a lot just the wedding industry as a whole the event industry as a whole you know florist and trends and you know mm-hmm. dresses even are inspiration um there's constant fonts and typography inspiration that's changing. People are always releasing new things, so it's making sure we're fresh and up-to-date with that. Have you have you partnered, like, reaching out to, I don't know, the wedding planners here in this
2: market, for instance, or the bridal stores, or the florists? Or the
1: we do have, like, some vendors that we love, and they love to refer us, so yeah. that's really nice to have such a great community of wedding vendors and stuff. And then... Um, It seems like that would be key, you know, at this stage at least. The the word of mouth and the
2: referral and the synergy. Yes, wedding planners
1: are amazing. Um, I love Kate Cook. She's great. She's been doing a lot of weddings lately, and she'll always send people our way. And it's great because she's planning things on the whole event scale, and then, like, us tying in just kind of goes in flawlessly, you know. Yeah. And then we'll also, like, we've taken some calligraphy classes to, you know, have our – Artist hand on there instead of just using a font, you know, so we're having that handmade nature even more mm-hmm. by it being our writing or drawings. That's great.
2: Now, Joan, as y'all have ramped up and you're in a commercial kitchen now, do you have a retail storefront or can customers walk in and, and do a walk-up purchase? Um, the ones who know us well can feel, do feel comfortable doing that.
3: Most people don't even know where we are and we were in an unmarked building and... Okay. Um, we're all you know we're a pre-order business so we'll have a few um, items that we'll have left over from the week that may not have fully sold that you know if you if you know we're there <laughs> and you come between three and six on Thursday you know you might be able to um, purchase something uh, we do have a, a good a well stocked freezer of items for sale but um you know typically no we're we are just a three to six we tell you our address when you place your order and you show up during that time and you pick up your your food it's prepaid and it's really nice that way that that's that's been a big change for us our website's only been up and running since January and that was a big leap I'm not sure if you have a a website but it's it that was it's a big yeah we were we were so very simple in how we executed this initially we would just send an email to those 10 friends And we always told a story which really intrigued people you know that something usually about how we grew up or a place that we just ate and or an ingredient that we're just fascinated by or something and then and then so we lured them in that way and then um, that was always fun but then we'd have to chase our replies so then the the orders it was was like this contest we'd be running a carpool (laughs) or something and I, I would text Shannon I just placed I just sent out the email. And she's like, well, I'm at Walmart in the line. I'll I'll check it when I get home. And then our phones would be blowing up, you know. And then, then those people would come to our home and they'd have to pay there. And then some people would forget and, you know, we'd be storing food. So really, we should have done the website a lot sooner. It's been so much more practical. Absolutely. People prepay. Because they prepay, they always show up. We're not left left with you know lingering uh, food that people want to come the next day and pick up. You
0: know.
2: Where do you all want to be in three to five years with your companies? W- what is the end game here? Is there a an exit strategy? Is this what you <laughs> want to be your career for the rest of your career years, or
1: do we know? <laughs> what, a-
2: Melinda? I mean,
1: personally, us our end goal we would love to have a business together. You know maybe get a storefront i don't know if it would be open to public or be closed um, but just having a bigger space that's ours would be amazing you know and then having a line of cards that people could purchase as well as having our custom one-on-one that we like so much with our event and bridal clients so great yeah i mean the goal is to jump ship one day <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting whether it's one year or five years who knows but we're working our hardest as we can and taking it step by step all right the well. beauty
3: of youth too you have such a, a long full she life ahead of you to do those things my birthday's things. tomorrow
2: and I'm already feeling
1: older No, oh, so don't talk don't things. tell Joan and I that <gasps> please also,
2: what on the about other hand, you, you know we, you've we've, got plenty of time too we, right.
3: well you know we it's exhausting you know we, yeah, we worked too. till eight thirty last night it was a 12-hour day it'll be a 12-hour day today and although we have one night where we serve we we really feel like we have a full-time job you know so to say let's let's offer another day um you know we talk about that we talk about the idea of a storefront but we also are moms with kids who are now moving out and and we we love to say you know what no food this week we send yeah. an email out and and we have that flexibility which is mm-hmm. lovely um, we took off a couple of weeks during the summer a couple of different times and you know we'll do that at Christmas. You can't do that with a storefront. You know you've yeah. got to be
1: twenty four seven or at least five days a week. And so um, it's nice to have that flexibility to you know be able to manage your schedule. Right. Um, you know personally me and Sarah, it's we don't have kids right now, but we think about that like oh gosh like sure. you know the next steps of family planning are steps in our lives. So it would get very hard to do two jobs right now it works for us and it's you know the right time I guess (laughs) well
2: Melinda Gonzalez and Joan Chastain it's inspiring to see entrepreneurs who are building businesses around their passions and Baton Rouge is fortunate to have y'all in your partners. So thanks for sharing your stories with us today and thanks for being on Out to Lunch.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It great.
2: My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Joan Chastain of Ingle Eats and Melinda Gonzalez of Fiore Creative. You can find out more about Ingle Eats and Fiore Creative by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle. our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for its Baton Rouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for
0: more business Baton Rouge style
2: on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base joneswalker.com. And by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry for safety and other corporate training needs. More information is at alliancesafetycouncil.org. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.